Magic is everywhere, even on the radio waves. You're listening to Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pamita, episode 56. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of Magic and the Law of Attraction. Troubleshooting a spell that didn't work. Have you ever had a spell that didn't work? Well, if you've done more than one spell in your life, I can guarantee you that you had a spell that fizzled. It happens. But what does it mean if you have a spell that doesn't take off? What if you see some weird phenomena like a candle going out on its own before it's done? Or what if you do a great spell and then nothing happens? And the question that I get all the time, can a spell backfire? What if you do a spell and then things go all sideways? What does it all mean and what do you do? Well, here I am to tell you in this episode, I'll be talking about spells that go wrong, how to assess the situation and what to do about spells that never take off in the first place. But before we get to that, I got a couple little announcements for you. Uh, 2023 is coming and it could be your most magical year yet. Do you want to make some amazing magic with me all year round? Well, you can do that with the new moon candle spell kits and the full moon spell kits. Each month I offer two very special once in a lifetime spell kits that can build your skills and you can have so much fun doing them. The new moon spells are candle spells that coincide with each new moon. You can do it yourself with the spell kit only option, which is a deluxe candle spell kit that's mailed to your home with everything that you need plus complete instructions. Or you could do it with me with the spell kit and workshop option. You'll get that same deluxe candle spell kit sent to you. Plus, you'll be able to meet together with me over Zoom and some other amazing folks two days before the new moon. And we'll put our candle spells together and I'll share some of the amazing information tips and tricks that I don't get a chance to add to the printed instructions. You'll also be able to ask questions and get answers if you're unsure about any aspect of your spell. I can also do it for you. If you order the new moon spell service and do a bespoke version of this, I will do a bespoke version of the spell on my hearth altar here at home for you. And you can come over Zoom and watch me light your candles in the spell service and then meet me at the full moon when we look at your candle report. We look at your candle wax and read that. In the coming months, we'll have some amazing candle spells like the Dark Moon Magic Candle Spell Kit for Transformation or the Mermaid Love Spell Kit for Healing and Love. I mean, there's so many great ones this year. And they're only once-in-a-lifetime offers. We're not going to offer these same spell kits again. So you got to get it in that one week that they're available. But you can check out all the New Moon Candle Spells coming up by going to newmoonspells.com. I also have Full Moon Spell Kits and Workshops that take place before the Full Moon. These are deluxe non-candle spell kits that are shipped to your home. And then you join me the day before the Full Moon over Zoom to learn about the lore, history, and magic and how-tos as we put our spell kits together. We have some amazing spell kits coming up in the next few months like the Moonstone Elixir Spell Kit that teaches you 
how to make a full moon charged gem elixir or the charm casting kit that teaches you how to put together and use a charm casting set for divination. You can find all of these and more by going to fullmoonspell.com. And we have a new feature this year, a full moon subscription service and a new moon subscription service. If you subscribe to the full moon spell kit or the new moon spell kit, you will get automatically get your magic sent to you every month. We only bill you once each month. And as long as you are subscribed, you'll be first on the list to get the upcoming spell as soon as it's released. Not only that, but you'll get it at a discount for being a subscriber. Just go to fullmoonspell.com or newmoonspells.com and look for the subscription option. All right, so let's get to our topic and talk about spells that go wrong. Well, there are lots of ways that a spell can go wrong. A spell could go wrong while you're doing it. I mean, something could happen to the spell as you're doing it. Or you might have no results or bad results from your spells. Or you could have spells that just go wrong while you're doing them through no fault of your own or you made a mistake. I mean, we're going to cover it all today. So let's talk about that one. Spells that go wrong while you're doing it, but it's through no fault of your own, right? Have you ever done a dumb thing when you're making something like you hit your thumb with a hammer? You know, we've all done something like that when we're making something or doing something. And so that means you know that sometimes our tools don't always work the way they we want them to. The same thing goes for our magical tools. Sometimes candle flames get too high. Sometimes wicks get drowned and flames go out. Sometimes ritual tools go missing, missing and herbs get musty and moldy. I mean, there can be so many reasons that our candle, I mean, our candle spells and our other kinds of spells can just go wrong and we have nothing to do with it. Some people, when they go to look at the spell work they doing, uh, that they're doing, they might take these mishaps as a sign or something really important. Other people believe that it's a way for the universe to make us wake up and pay attention to our magic. So whether you describe these things that happen, these mishaps that you have nothing to do with as something that the universe is showing you about your intention, or if it's just the way that the universe is showing us that we need to pay more attention to our spells or giving us information on what to do next, whatever it is, my belief that if you see something going wrong with your spell, you should get in there and fix it to make it right. There are two schools of thought on that. Some people are like, don't touch your spell, don't do anything, let it do its thing. But my belief is that magic in and of itself is spell work, right? It is something we are working to make change in our life or someone else's life. We are using our will to make a change. So if we're working to make a change in our life, why would we stop working it? Why would we stop changing it once we've started our spell work. To me, it doesn't make sense. You may have a reason why, but for me, I'm like, look, we're doing magic. We're trying to change things. Why would we stop once our spell has started? So my belief is if we see something going wrong, get in there and fix it. Yes, these things might be a sign that something needs more attention in our life or more focus or more effort or that we have to do something more. But 
really what we are doing when we're doing spell work is to get in there and shape and change our destiny. So let's do that with our spell work. If you have a candle where the wick is drowning in the wax, pour out some of the wax or cut a channel in the side of the candle. If the flame on your candle is too high or is smoky, trim the wick back. That's just how you're supposed to tend to a candle anyway. If you have candles that are burning, that are supposed to be burning together and one candle is burning faster than the other one, snuff the one out that is burning fast and let the other one catch up. Remember, it is about making magic, not watching magic happen to you. Not when we're doing a spell, right? Magic happens all around us and we can observe magic, but when we're doing a spell, we are making magic. Now, what about a spell where we start out with good intentions, we do our thing, but then we actually make a mistake. It's not something that we didn't have control over, but something we did have control over, but we do the wrong thing. Hey, first of all, the first rule of that is be easy on yourself. Nobody's perfect, not even witches and spellcasters and magic makers. We all do things and make mistakes. So we do things like we might blow out the candle instead of snuffing it out, or we might get a mojo bag and put it in our pocket and then throw our jeans in the laundry and it goes through the washing machine. Or we might plan to do a spell for seven days or a certain number of days, but forget one day and skip a day. So when we do these things that are within our control and we make a mistake, what can we do? Well, we have a couple of options. Let's say, for example, I think the classic example, the one that I hear the most often is people blowing out a candle or someone in the house blows out their candle and they didn't snuff out a candle. So if that happens, I always say first try to complete the spell and see what your results are. You may get results from your spell. It may be possible. If you've done something a little off or a little wrong or a little out of the ordinary or something you feel like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's okay. Use up your materials. You paid good money for that candle. You paid good money for the materials, those materials. You should at least see it through. However, if you don't see a good result from that spell or the result is weak or not strong enough, then I would say do the spell over again, right? Do the spell over again. So, if you have that example, you could take the candle that didn't go well, try it, finish it. And then if it doesn't produce a result, try that spell again. If you have a mojo bag that went through the washing machine, you could try working with it, try to bring it back to life. And if it doesn't work, take out the hard artifacts out of the mojo bag and make a new one. Or if you missed a day on your multi-day spell, Start the multi-day spell over again from the beginning, if you can, with the same materials, like a bath. I mean, you could start a seven-day bath, right? If you start and did three days, missed a day, then you could start day one again once you remember to get back to it. Or if it's something like a candle where you were burning a seven-knob candle over seven days, just continue burning the candle and see what your results are. It's a little bit heartbreaking because you did put all that energy and money and time into your spell. So finish it up. But if you don't get a good enough result, try the spell again. A spell that goes wrong is really not a reason to get alarmed or freaked out or think that things are going to go into some 
terrible place because you did something wrong with the spell. This is a, you know, a notion that many people have that if I didn't do the spell right, that I'm going to end up in some vortex of poverty or lovelessness or whatever. And that is not the case. Always remember that a spell that goes wrong is just like you did nothing. And if you did nothing, okay, no big deal, right? Just start over again and do the spell over again. Now, I'm in a minute, I'm going to tell you about what to do when your spell doesn't produce results or even gulp backfires. But speaking about spells, would you like to win a free candle spell kit by me, Madam Pamita? Each month we give away a different beeswax candle spell kit to one lucky winner. These candle spell kits include everything that you need to cast a beautiful candle spell, a beeswax figural candle, a spiritual oil, herbs, complete step-by-step instructions, and more. No purchase is required to enter this contest, and anyone anywhere in the world can enter to win, but you must be over 18. Simply go to magicgiveaway.com and enter your email to be entered in the contest. All right, so let's talk about spells, and hopefully you will do the right thing with that spell, and the spell will work when you work with that candle spell, but sometimes spells don't produce the results that we want. So what do we do when a spell doesn't produce results? First, we need to do a reality check on the spell. That reality check is sometimes, is this a spell that may take some time to produce a result? Are you trying to move mountains with your spell work? So take that into account when you're doing a spell. For example, if I did a spell to be the CEO of Apple computers, it is very unlikely that I will do that spell and three days later they will call me and offer me that job, right? I would have to work at that job to get into the company, to start working my way up or to achieve something to get to that result. So there are things that that may be like moving a mountain. It isn't to say that I couldn't have that result, but that result is unlikely to come to me in a few days. I'm just giving a reality check to it, right? Unlikely the Apple computer is going to knock on my door in three days and ask me to be the CEO of the company. But if that were my goal, it's not my goal, but if that were my goal, then I would say, okay, I want to put that big goal in mind, but I'm going to have the expectation that it's going to take some time. So practice patience when waiting for your results. Really get into that mindset. If you're doing a big, big, big thing that is changing something that has maybe been in place for a long time or is a big reach in some way, then I want to believe in my results, but I also want to have patience in my results. As you're doing a spell, in particular spells that have a ending point, like when we burn a candle and the candle completes burning, we can look for what I call the three M's, messages, movement, and manifestation. These are our signposts that tell us we're on the right path with our spell and our spell is going forward. So what are we looking for when I say that messages, movement, and manifestation? When you complete a candle spell, for example, or a spell that has an ending, a start and an end to it. Once you've completed that spell, 
then you want to start looking in the next few days after the spell is completed, you want to start looking for messages from the universe. Messages from the universe are going to be things like um, you hear a song on the radio, you see a name over and over again, you uh, see a, a particular unusual animal that's like a a power animal that has a message for you. Um, it could be something like um, seeing unusual things or um, things that are related to your spell, right? So think about symbols, words, names, songs, animals, all kinds of things. Those can be those things that are messages from the universe. Now note one important thing that I said there messages from the universe, your spirit guides, your deities or whoever, but it's not coming. If you're working on a person, it's not a message from that person. That's something else that we're going to talk about in a minute, right? So messages from the universe will show up in a few days after your spell is completed. If your spell is, is on the right track, if you don't see a message within a few days, we're going to talk about what to do, but what you're looking for is a message within the first few days after finishing your spell. The next signpost that you're looking for is movement. Movement means not that you're at the end result, but that you are moving in the right direction, right? So if I'm, um, let's say my, my, my big spell that I'm working on is to be CEO of Apple computers. So if I was going to be CEO of Apple and then I applied for a position like an entry level position there, and I got an interview, that would be a good sign, right? It's moving me in, uh, uh, moving me in the right direction. So it's movement toward what it is I want. I got my foot in the door, right? Now we expect to see movement happening within a few weeks of our completion of the spell. Not that it's going to take three weeks necessarily to get that movement, although it could, it could happen the next day, but anywhere in that time frame of a few weeks after completing our spell, we should start to see something moving and something cooking. The third signpost that we're looking for is the final manifestation of our spell, of the intention of our spell. That manifestation can take anywhere from one day to up to a few months to show up depending on how challenging your spell is. Now, again, if we are shooting for the moon, I'm not going to see my job as CEO of Apple in the next three months. But in general, when we're talking about a spell that should be manifested fairly um, timely in a timely way, then we're going to see that sort of time frame, anywhere from a day to a few months for us to see our the manifestation of our spell with those little signposts along the way. Now, if we don't get a result, if we, we are patient and the spell is not moving a mountain, it is a doable spell. I need to, um, maybe the spell is I want to get a new job, right? That's a doable spell to get a new job. So we should be able to see something like that within a few months. If we don't get the messages, the movement or the manifestation within those few months, then we want to look back at our spell we should be recording our spells in a book of shadows. That's the most important thing you can do. Can't emphasize that enough. When you are doing spell work, 
write down the details of what you're doing in a book of shadows or a grimoire. When you do that, you can go back three months later and see exactly what you used, exactly what you did, when did you start that spell and so on, so that you can troubleshoot it. You can change it. You can fix it. You can tweak it in some way. So if you can, you can redo that spell again and tweak one or two elements of the spell. For example, could you rethink your petition? Maybe you need to be more open with your petition, or maybe you need to be more specific with your petition. Um, You could try different herbs or different oils. You could try a different color candle. You could try a different candle altogether. You could try something other than a candle magic spell. You could try a different kind of spell. So think about these um, things. You can change timings, petitions, all these things that we can change or we can tweak the second time we do it. Try your spell again. If the second time you still didn't see messages, movement, or manifestation, try it one more time. Try a very big different variation. Try a different kind of spell. I mean, really go off the beaten path or try some different kind of magic or try having someone do a spell for you. I mean, that can also, um, someone who's a legitimate spell caster, myself, the staff at the Parlor Wonders or someone else that you know, they may not, they may have better success because they don't have the emotional um, worry or anxiety about the spell that you might have if you're doing a spell. So that can be another way to create some change or try something different. When a spell doesn't work, let's say you tried it three times and it really didn't work any of those times. Then I say it's time to assess the situation, not to assess the spell work. You've done it three times. You tried three different methods. You've made some tweaks. You've made some big changes. So now we need to assess the situation. The first question you need to ask yourself is, do I need to take some action in the material world to support my spell work? right? If I'm doing a spell to get a job and I want a new job and I do a beautiful spell, I'm using the horseshoe candle and I'm using it in green so that I get a good paying job and I'm using, you know, a a road opener, booster pack, and I'm doing all these things, but I'm not going out there and putting in applications or resumes. What the heck, right? I don't think that the HR department is going to come and knock on my door and ask me if I want to work there. I have to be doing something material to make this thing happen. So ask yourself that question, assess the situation and say, is there some material world action that I need to take that can support my spell work? And if you're not sure of that, you know, ask a friend or go to get a reading or do something like that to see what material world action would be advisable. Another thing that you can assess when you assess the situation is, do you see any blocks that need removing? Sometimes people do a spell for a result without really assessing that there are some blocks that need to be removed first, right? So, An example might be you are doing a spell to bring in a new romance into your life, but your last romance was really traumatic. Your last relationship was terrible. You don't feel trusting of other people. You're not very inclined to date. So are you, is there a block because your mindset needs to be um, more optimistic about finding a love or you feeling like there's a block because, you know, 
you aren't really quite ready for that new relationship in your life. Or maybe there's a block that someone else put on you, right? Someone is blocking you from doing something. So if that is the situation, do an open road spell or a blockbuster spell first to remove the blocks and then do your spell for love or money or job or success or fame or whatever it is. Maybe that situation of what you're aiming for is a longer road, right? I want to be CEO of Apple. Come, I should come up with a better. I want to be CEO of what do I want to be? CEO of, I don't know. I can't think of a big company that I want to be CEO of. I want my company to be a big company to be a CEO of that company. But anyway, if I have a big wish, right, that situation might be a long road to get there. So if what I find in my spell work is looking for that long road and doing a spell, if, if I'm trudging down that thousand mile road and nothing feels like it's moving or going, getting toward that goal, I might get discouraged or I might give up or I might feel like, when is it going to happen or impatient? So I suggest to maybe break down those long road spells into smaller spells along the way. So for example, maybe you just met someone and, um, you, you like them and you think that you would want to marry them, you don't want to do a marriage spell before you've even spoken to that person, right? So if you're going to do a marriage spell, that's a long way down that road. First, you might want to do an attraction spell or a speak to me spell or a, you know, new romance spell of some kind to get the relationship started. Don't do the marriage spell first, do these little things. Maybe you wanna attract more positive attention from potential partners. That's a great place to start, but not necessarily a marriage spell unless you know ahead of time, okay, this is for the long distance future and I'm not gonna get impatient about it. So it sort of depends on your temperament when you look at those long range spells versus the immediate spell. So if you find you get frustrated or impatient, I recommend doing smaller little way, way marker spells before you get to that bigger long-term spell. When a spell doesn't work and we're not seeing any results and we're not, nothing's moving forward, we also have to reassess um, what we are learning about this. Maybe it's the universe or your spirit guides or your deities telling you that there is a better path, a different path, another path that is going to bring you much more satisfaction. So, you know, you might do a spell to get job X. I want to be the CEO of Apple, right? But maybe there's a better job for you out there. You don't know what it means to be the CEO of Apple. It could be a whole bunch of headaches and misery and working 80, 90, 100 hours a week. And maybe that isn't in your highest, in your best life, right? So, I always say, if you're going to do a petition and if you're going to tweak a petition, add the little phrase or something better to your petition or your incantation. So I want to be CEO of Apple or something better. I want to um, have a huge, uh, you know, a huge windfall or something better, right? So that if we were creating a little fail safe so that if the thing that we want really wouldn't bring us happiness or wouldn't really bring us that um, fulfillment that we want, that the thing that would bring us that fulfillment will come in. I always like to think of like drilling down when I reassess my spells to like, what is it that I'm really wanting? Like if I have a spell for, um, 
uh, I will have a spell because I want to travel more. Let's say that is my wish, which is a real wish that I have. I love to travel, right? So maybe I want to travel more and that's my spell. But um, really what, when I go to these places, I'm just imagining a different version of me. I go to a place and I'm just like, oh, I'm not finding the things that I want. It's really inconvenient. I have to drill down and say, what is travel really about for me? Is it that I get a break and I get to rest? Then what I'm really wishing for or my intention is for rest and recuperation and peace and quiet, not for travel. So sometimes we have to look deeper. Maybe we think I want, you know, Joe Smith or Susie Jones to be my true love. But what we're really looking for is our own self-love right? And, or we're looking for partnership or we're looking for um, companionship. It doesn't have to be Joe Smith or Susie Jones. It can be somebody who's even better. That's why I say add or something better or someone better to your petition or your incantation. Now, when we think about this idea of what we're doing with magic, we're partnering up with the universe, our spirits, our ancestors, our deities, or whoever we're, you know, in the spirit realm, we're partnering with. When we partner with spirit, I'm just going to call it spirit. When we partner with spirit, we have to recognize that we each have our own specialties. Spirit can see the big picture of all outcomes, including your best outcomes. Your job, that's spirit's job, your job is to take action in the material world to make the thing happen. So I like to do this before I do a spell, which is to create a contract with spirit. I like to say to spirit, open all of the doors that have my best outcomes and keep all the doors closed that have less than my best outcomes. What does that mean? Well, if you can imagine a hallway with lots of different doors, every time we make a decision, we're trying a doorknob, right? I'm going to try for this job or I'm going to go out with this person. Those are all doorknobs that we are trying to open. So sometimes we rattle those doorknobs, we try for the job or we try for the date and then it doesn't open for us. We can sit there at that door and be very frustrated or we can say, I made a contract with the universe that the doors that did not have my best outcomes would remain closed. So clearly that job or that person or that thing that we wanted isn't for now. It doesn't mean it's never, but it doesn't, it isn't for now. So I'm going to try different doorknobs so that I can find my best outcomes. So that is a great way to start to visualize and think about what this process is and why sometimes spells don't work for us. So the last thing I will say, if you're doing a spell and you don't see a result, you don't see messages, you don't see movement, you don't see the manifestation, and you're not sure why, I would recommend getting a reading with a trusted reader to assess the situation. Maybe there's something going on that you can't see or that you don't want to see. And a really good reader will show you what's going on at this time and give you the pathway to get to what it is that you want. Now, that question, can spells backfire? Well, first of all, we have to define what does it mean to backfire? When something backfires, it means you had a plan, but then it rebounds back to you and has the opposite effect of what you wanted, right? The idea that I'm trying backfire literally means the bullet is going back towards you instead of going out there, right? So if we have a plan or our actions or our spells rebound back to us, that idea that that can back 
come back to us and have an opposite effect is completely a myth. When we do a spell that doesn't work or we do a spell that it seems like it works, but it has the opposite effect, we have to assess it. So maybe the belief is like, I do a love spell and then somebody hates me, or I do a prosperity spell and then I get a huge unexpected bill. These are the concepts that are behind backfiring. So I will tell you this from decades of spell work, from tons of research about spell work, spells do not backfire. Spells don't backfire. You cannot have an, attention, an intention for something and have the opposite happen to you. So a spell where you make a mistake is not going to send your prosperity into the dumpster. It's not going to make your soulmate hate you. It's not going to do anything. Spells have two options. They do something good and maybe it's little, maybe it's a stepping stone, or maybe it's the whole enchilada, or they do nothing. That's it. So let's talk about that. When we do our spells, we have to see the signs that our spell is actually working. So people that don't know about the three M's, the messages, the movement, and the manifestation may think that their spell isn't working. But if they're looking for those messages and they're looking for their movement, they can see that their spell is working and is going toward the goal. So you also have to understand what kind, what magic can and can't do or how magic works. The great example of that is a healing spell. A healing spell, people who are inexperienced with doing magic will sometimes think that a healing spell will create a spontaneous healing. Oh, I have migraines. I don't have migraines, but let's pretend I have migraines. So I do a candle spell and my migraines instantly go away and I never have a migraine again inexperienced people in magic might think that's how it works, but a healing spell is working on a physical body, right? So healing spells may sometimes produce a spontaneous healing. That's like less than 1% of the time when we do a healing spell. More often healing spells bring in the right treatments, the right medicines, the right healthcare providers, the right information, to bring about a physical healing. You'll be in the right place at the right time. The synchronicities will line up to bring you the healing. So I have a great example of this. I have a client who is doing a healing spell for their partner and their partner was refusing to get treatments and they had a major health issue and their health was declining, but they wouldn't go to a doctor and they wouldn't do anything. So my client was out of their mind, like, I can't, I don't know what to do about my partner. They're not doing what, you know, they're supposed to be doing. And I'm having to stand by and watch this. So the client did a spell for healing for their partner. And as soon as they did that spell, their loved one's symptoms got worse. And they were coming back to me and they said, oh my gosh, I did the spell and it backfired. Their symptoms got worse. And so I said to them, what happened? And they said, well, they're going to the doctor. They're going to try and figure it out. And I said, wait, what? They're going to a doctor? Yeah, they started to go to a doctor because they were worried about their health. And I said, this is your spell working. Because if it, what it took them, they were so stubborn about getting a treatment that what it took them was to have a dip in their symptoms and to have the symptoms get worse to get them to go to the doctor, to get them the treatment, then your spell is working because now they're going to get the treatment. Now they're going to get the healing. They're not going to heal sitting at home and being in denial. So when they thought that their spell backfired, their spell was actually working. 
Do you see that? So they needed to hear, step back and needed to hear that. Okay. So this downturn in their health made their partner open up their mind to going to a doctor to getting the life-saving treatment that they needed. So that small setback had an overall positive effect on their long-term healing. So look at your perspective on your spell. Sometimes things that seem like a negative are actually leading you to a much bigger positive. All right. So Last thing that I'm going to say, the number one most important thing to bring in any spell work is to bring a positive intention to your spell work. Avoid doing spells with good intentions and then saying it's not working. Instead of saying it's not working, say my results are coming really soon or it will happen at the perfect time or I trust that the universe will deliver. So even if it's not in front of you now, still have faith in your magic. Keep tweaking your spell work. Everybody does this, scientists, chefs, artists, everybody who does anything creative, including spellcasters, do all kinds of experiments to find the perfect result, right? If you're a chef, you keep tweaking your recipe to find that perfect chef's kiss result. So if your spell, your first spell on the topic at hand doesn't produce a strong enough result, try to make small changes and redo your spell. Put in the material world work along with the spell work. That cannot be overstated. You can, you should always be doing material world work when appropriate with your spell work. Sometimes it's not appropriate, but most of the time material world action will really help your spell work. And the last thing, never give up on your magic. Keep doing your magic. Keep trying. Keep trying different ways. Don't give up because magic does work. So yeah, just keep doing your spells. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about all kinds of magic, including spells, candle magic, all that kind of stuff, check out the learn page over at the Parlor of Wonders, where you'll find a ton of free resources, including workshops, blog posts, how-to guides, how-to videos, past podcast episodes, and the way to join me live over Zoom for the Magic Q&A Tea Party that takes place every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern. Just go to parlorofwonders.com, click on the Learn tab, and you'll see all the goodies there. I want to say thank you to all the Spell Squad members out there who have subscribed to and shared this podcast with your friends, and to the fabulous folks who have left reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to Gilles Navarre for production and engineering. Thank you to Manfred Hofer for announcing, and thank you to you for joining me. Whether you are here with me live or you're listening on the podcast, I'm looking forward to seeing you next time when we'll be answering the question, how to use the tarot for manifestation. Until next time, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. Yeah.